Welcome to episode 379 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July. In fact, as I'm recording this, I can hear fireworks going off outside. You might can hear them too on here. I do not know. But this is obviously being recorded pre-4th of July in full transparency. But just letting you know, I hope everyone had a great celebration. If you were off, hope you had a good time with friends or family or whatever you did. And yeah, we've got a great episode today. Jason has made his return once again. He's come back a few times now since he stepped away from the podcast. And he came back this time because we decided to talk about several albums that have come out in the past month or two. There's quite a few albums that I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast, so I thought, let's just talk about them all at once. Bring on Jason and get to it. We also had to talk about the Ugly Kid Joe and Fozzie concert in Oklahoma City from back in May. Something else that I hadn't talked about yet. Jason was there as well. So, talk about that show, several albums, and you know, and a few other great things. But first, I'm going to let you know who we're sponsored by, and that would be Medfarm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. They've got a drive-thru, so if you call or text your order ahead of time, you can pull right through that drive-thru, pay for your stuff, and be on your way. But if you check out Leafly.com, you can see their entire selection. Or you can just go directly in and see their entire large selection that way. Talk to one of their many knowledgeable employees they've got over there and hit up on their socials. Facebook is MedFarm, P-H-A-R-M, and Instagram is MedFarmOK. Always running specials on there. One special that is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. And then on top of all of this, they're cannabis with a cause, meaning 30% of their proceeds go to build no kill animal shelters. Such an amazing thing that they do with some of their proceeds. Can't beat that. Nearly a third of everything they sell goes to a great cause. So that gives you a reason why you need to hit them up. There's tons of choices around town on dispensaries, but MedFarm's doing something different. So get over there, hit them up, and mention Thunder Underground. We've also got Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. They're state licensed, they're mother approved, and their tattoos are done good and proper. 25 plus years of experience from Jake Thompson and his crew over there. If you hit up the socials, you can see all the pictures of all the work they've done throughout the years. Instagram and Facebook both are Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. I've had work done by Jake. I'm very happy with it. I'm going to have more work done here sometime soon, as should you. So if you call or email or whatever message, whatever you need to do to set up a time to go in there to talk about what work you're looking to have done, they also accept walk-ins. They can also help you out if you're not entirely sure or you're not a good artist, or you don't know exactly what you're trying to convey, that's what they're there for. So hit up Sunset Tattoo and tell them you heard about them right here on Thunder Underground. Finally, we've got DEB Concerts, a concert promoter based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It keeps bringing such great stuff to the Tulsa area. They brought in, in the past year or two, they brought in Megadeth, Lame of God, Poison, Tom Kiefer a couple times, L.A. Guns, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Nelly, Bisto Blanco, Last in Line, Saxon, Warrant, Winger, Buck Cherry, Great White, the list is long. 
They also book the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. This year is no exception. This year, Rocklahoma, the Roadhouse stage headliners will be Buckcherry, Skid Row, Kicks, and Warrant. Warrant will be the pre-party show Thursday night. If you have a ticket for the full weekend, you can show up on Thursday. Warrant, L.A. Guns, and several other bands will be kicking the party off. And then one of those other three nights, like I said, Kicks will be the headliner. And this will be one of Kicks's final shows. They recently announced that their final show will be up in Maryland. And I can't remember the date. I feel like it's in September or October. And this is Labor Day weekend for Rocklahoma. So you're going to get the chance to see them before it's too late. And they are one of the best live bands in the business. And they have been for my whole life and yours as well. So definitely check out Kicks if you have never seen them live. Do it before it's too late. DEB Concerts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DEB Concerts. The website is debconcerts.com. Get ticket info there. Also be kept up to date with future updates. And of course, we'll bring that to you here as well. All right, so there's not a lot to talk about pre- interview. This isn't really an interview. This is a talk with me and Jason, but there's not really much to talk about pre because we talk about that stuff. Like I said, we talk about the Ugly Kid Joe show that happened in May in Oklahoma City at the Diamond Ballroom. Fozzie was opening that show. This one was one that I was really, really looking forward to, and I know Jason was as well, as we talk about shortly. This is a band that both of us have been huge fans of since we were young and even in the years where they're gone or all these years where they barely ever played in America. In fact, they played in America, but they have not done an American tour, a U.S. tour in 27 years prior to this. So dating clear back to what would that be? 96. So I believe that would have been the Motel California tour from, or maybe that was the end of the Minister Sobriety tour. Maybe Motel California is the next year. I'm not sure, but I should have looked that up. But this is just one of those bands that everybody knows because of two big hits. They're a band that is so wildly underrated, so wildly miscategorized, so wildly just overlooked by so many people that I think would absolutely love what this band does. You know, they took something that, say, a band like Suicidal Tendencies was doing, which was getting thrown into that thrash category, even though they're totally different than a thrash band. They had that skater, funk, punk influence inside the music the same way that Ugly Kid Joe does with rock music. And it just, you know, it's just something that, you know, is unique to themselves, I believe. You know, they've got a lot of influence in there you can hear from other artists, but Ugly Kid Joe is one of those bands that very much stands on their own. And with Phil Crane, their vocalist is Unbelievable and one of the greatest of all time. But like I said, me and Jason are about to talk about all that. Also talk about Fozzie opening the show. Something else we didn't mention when we were talking, I wanted to mention. You know, we ran into several people like I do at any show in Oklahoma City or Tulsa. But happened to run into the band Let's Slip the Dogs. The entire band was there hanging out and we got the chance to Hang out, talk to them for a little bit, and watch the show with them. And I know that Travis from Let's Slip the Dogs is something we've talked about. I believe we actually talked about it on the episode that they were on 
It's been quite a while back now, pre-pandemic, when Let's Slip the Dogs were on here. In that episode, we talked about Ugly Kid Joe, and I know that I've talked about Travis with that. Outside of the podcast a few times, he's a huge fan. The same as both Jason and I are. So, of course, knew I'd run into him, and he had brought the other two members of Let's Slip the Dogs with him as well. So, very cool to see them and many other people out there. Check out Let's Slip, Let's Slip the Dogs. Check out that episode. Check out the music. You know, hopefully we see some more from him here in the very near future. We're also going to talk about several albums that came out. Rancid. Winger. Extreme. Foo Fighters. Rival Sons. And then we talk about a few other things. Jason brings up a newer band called the LA Maybe. Talk a little bit about Metallica and Night Demon. Haunt. Blind Oath. A few other things. Speaking of that, Night Demon, Jarvis Leatherby, the vocalist and bass player of Night Demon, will be on this podcast very soon. In fact, it will be the next episode. Recently recorded an interview with Jarvis. This will be the fourth time he's on, I believe. Every other time has been with the entire band. But this one was just Jarvis. We talked on Zoom for a good hour or so. So all kinds of great stuff here coming up on the next episode featuring Night Demon. But yeah, I don't know if there's anything else I really need to talk about. I guess there's not, because nothing's jumping into my head. So let's just jump into this. Here's Jason and I talking about some new rock and roll. got announced several months ago both of us were super hyped oh i was very very (laughs) hyped dude very hyped more hyped than you are because i had never seen Ugly and joe before they were my one of my bucket list bands and i couldn't believe it yeah so and also couple that with the fact that they hadn't toured the u.s in what they say 27 years or something like that yeah it's like 96 or i guess the minister sobriety Right. I mean, Motel California, right? Yeah, so come hell or high water, yeah. I was going to go to this show. Yeah. I'm, there's no, no, yeah. Yeah. It's happening. I was the same way. I'm like, even if I'm not in town, I'm going to find one of these shows and just go. Because, exactly, yeah. You know, even though I've seen them, I saw them one time back in the 90s, 93, mm-hmm. and they were opening for Def Leppard, so they played like, right. you know, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And so I'd never seen a headline show. Exactly. Throughout the years, you know, they minimally played America. They played... Kansas City one time that we didn't get to go for we some reason, go, yeah. but everything else was always on the coasts or right. Chicago or something. Well, and, you know, I'm glad that everything, I'm glad the stars aligned for you to where you could go to this show. Yeah. Because, you know, your your schedule's kind of crazy these days. So, it, you know, it's, uh, the, the fact that that lined out, maybe there were some other forces at work. I don't know. Maybe it was destiny. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it was a rad wing of destiny. <laughs> a rad wing of destiny, I think, is what was in play here. Yeah. But then on top of that, Fozzie was opening, which another thing when this was announced, I think I mentioned it to you, I was just kind of surprised because 
it's not like Fozzie is a big, massive name or anything. Mm-hmm. But they've kind of established themselves in the hard rock world over the past several years. Right. And to me, I wouldn't expect them to be opening for Ugly Kid Joe. But you go to the right. show, and that crowd was heavy on support for Ugly Kid Joe, so it wasn't like... Absolutely. I don't know. There's just... I guess there's something... That's another thing I wanted to bring up, that maybe there's more support for Ugly Kid Joe than we ever knew. Because there was kind of one fans so. we held dear. Yeah, that, totally. Because... I'm gonna bring this. I'm gonna bring this up because this past week I was working Electric Forest in Michigan. Okay. And one of the days I was wearing the Ugly Kid Joe shirt that I got, and I had no less than ten people come up to me and comment on the shirt. That's awesome. About half of them were like, "Where did you get that? I didn't even know that band was still around." So I had to explain it. Right. And the other half were like, "Holy fuck, I love Ugly Kid Joe!" And even one dude was like, "Didn't they just have a new album come out a few months ago?" You know. So it's like people know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good to see and hear. I think I had a, I kind of had a similar thought as you, like, wow, Fozzie's opening? That's weird, because they can do their own stuff. But at the same time, I don't know that Fozzie could, like, headline the Diamond or fill it up totally. That's right. Because they still kind of do smaller clubs. Like, if they were to come here to Tulsa, I, I would imagine they'd do, like, the Vanguard or something. Right. So, it, it kind of made sense in that aspect. But, uh... And and other than that, I don't know. Who knows? But I do agree with you. Like, I was surprised that there was way more love for Ugly Kid Joe. Because it's like like dudes at work, when I'm telling them, oh, well, you know, we were always like, oh, what's going on this weekend? What are you doing? And they're like, wow, Ugly Kid Joe? I didn't even know they were still a thing anymore. And that's when I have to, like, stop and geek out on them and go, look, this band was way more than I hate everything about you. Yeah. And, and like, to so many people, they're, like, one-hit wonders. But to me, they are one of the best. And their catalog is undeniable. And I think it's just a shame that more people don't know about Menace to Sobriety. Oh, for sure. I mean, that is just one of my favorite records of all time. And I, 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 hate, I hate getting the sneers and snickers when I mention that band. I'm like, you know what? If you people only knew. Right. If you only knew badassery and musical prowess that's going on with this band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, I mean, people always say this about other bands, and we can list off several bands, but they're just one of those bands that got lumped into a genre that they weren't a part of. Absolutely. And it was 100% because of everything about you became a hit in the time period where, you know, Hair metal, glam metal, whatever you call it. Cherry Pie was a hit. Starting to die out, but it was still, yeah, yeah, like Cherry Pie and all this other stuff was still big. 1991, the kid Joe showed up. Yeah, yeah, the debut EP came out in 91. And then when it was on Wayne's World that year and the next year. Right, right. And then it just kind of blew up from there. Yeah. And then they had the huge hit with Cats in the Cradle. But yeah, that's what most people remember. And even everything about you doesn't really sound that way. But you listen to their stuff, they're just like, like they were self-proclaimed skater, yeah, they skater were, rock. What do you they call were it? Like way funk? more. They were way more like with Scatterbrain and Two Four Seven Spies and Infectious Grooves. Yeah, and, but they always got lumped in with Slaughter and Warren. And right, it just drove me nuts. Don't get me wrong, I love those bands, but come on, you know. Yeah, because songs like yeah, Same Side or Madman, you know, it was like nothing like glam metal. You know? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just. Yeah, funk, progressive funk rock. Yep. 
<laughs> if you want to, I don't know, if you want to label it. Yeah. And then you've got Woodfield Crane, who was undoubtedly one of the greatest singers in rock and roll history. And still is. To some people, that statement might be wildly crazy, but it's not at all, in my opinion. It's like, right. you know, I'm not putting him up there with Glenn Hughes and, you know, Mike Patton, but I'm putting him up there in that second tier. I would. You know, with, uh, you know, in the top 10 or top 20 all time. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But so, the show in general, Fozzie opened this thing, and, you know, we'd both seen Fozzie, at least, I know I've seen him three or four times, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have. I know you were there, at least a couple of them with me, and, uh, I mean, they're a great band that's, I think, has gotten, I really dug the first couple albums where they are doing the covers, where it was kind of a gimmick, okay. cheesy thing, but then they went into their own original thing, and over the past, I'd say, couple of albums, they've really kind of found their own thing, I think. Because those first couple of original albums were fine, but they were just kind of all over the place, I think. Yeah. And I feel like now, you know, they've found their niche, you know, and they're, you know, they're pretty much in that octane style rock. Oh, but, for sure. You know, I mean, they, but their guitarist is better than most of those guys, outside of maybe Mark Tremonti or whoever. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that they've, they've really become a lot more polished Maybe than, that's than they thing. used to be. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it feels like you never know. And I don't think they're trying to hide it because Rich Ward had a laptop right by his rig and he would, you know, visibly punch stuff into it. But they were way more real. It just the, the set seemed way more polished and reliant on that kind of stuff than I remember oh, yeah. back in the day. But at the same time, but you got to know with him, it's like effects. I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's not guitar parts or but guitar. There, there's just sometimes where I'm like, I don't. Is is that really the drummer? Oh yeah. I mean these th- these things sound so canned right now. You so know, so, Tommy Lee up there. So yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm skeptical. I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. You know, if and we can refer back to the. Twitter feud that Chris Jericho and Sebastian Bach had about, you know, Jericho lip syncing or having help or whatever. Oh, right. No. No. That, that, that is not going on because more than a couple of times, Jericho sounded like he was struggling. <laughs> and, and it wasn't like trying to hide it. Yeah. I was like, ooh, wow, okay. You know? <laughs> I mean, for me, for my ears, that's what I noticed. Yeah. But, you know, and, and that's fine. I'd rather him do that than sing the tracks or how. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, but I will also say um, the guitar duel with uh, Billy Gray and yeah. Rich Ward towards the end of the set was just masterful. It was phenomenal. It was bombastic. And I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Um, it was complete, complete musical guitar joy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just, I can't, you know, you're not going to find me dogging on them at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, Rich Ward's such a fucking underrated guitarist. And Absolutely, like, dude. And just the history of rock over the past 20 years, you know. I mean, he was part of, he's now been a part of two bands that are pretty polarizing, mm-hmm. in a sense. You know, a lot of people dismiss Fozzy because their singer is a professional wrestler, and a lot right. of people dismiss Stuck Mojo because it was rap metal. Yeah, you know? rap, rap. So it's like, but if you just listen to this guy, I mean, I have to tell you, 
Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. And like you said, Billy Graves just as can sit there and hold his own just as well with him. And you know, Jericho, studio wise and live for the most part, has a, has a great rock and roll voice. The only thing that always, which is funny because being a professional, a fan of professional wrestling, right? I put Jericho up there in like my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. I see. I feel like he relies too much on that live. I see. The whole gimmicky, like, posing and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it just kind of comes off, you know, which is funny to say a gimmicky pro wrestler is coming off kind of corny I see. live. <laughs> but it's yeah. kind of, I feel like it's just a little too much of that in the live setting. Well, you know, but he's, he sounds good. He looks good. Yeah. You know, they look like rock stars up there, which is kind of what you want. You right. know, what? And, and, yeah. and it, you know, whether it be, uh, the musical stage or wrestling ring, he's a performer. Oh yeah. So you're going to have those common threads. Yeah, that's true. And it's probably something he can't even help. Yeah, it just comes natural to him now because he's been right. doing the wrestling thing for thirty plus years now. And you know, on top of all that, you know, I mean, he's extremely intelligent in what he does, and listen to his podcast just to find that out. I mean, the guy is well rounded when it comes to rock and metal and of course sports and everything else. So hey, have you listened to Wishful Crane on his podcast? I have not. I did not I, I, I knew it was on there and the description says he goes into the whole story of how Ugly Kid Joe went away the first time and why they came back. And I keep meaning to listen to it, but I always forget. I need to listen to it. I'm absolutely gonna listen to that. Yeah. 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 I didn't even know that was a fad. No, yeah. Full disclosure, I haven't kept up on any podcast that I normally listen to, like oh, Josta or Jericho or anything me else, over the past several months. So, totally me neither. It'll be good to jump back into that. Yeah, but now for Ugly Kid Joe, this is your yeah. This is your first time seeing him. Finally got to see him. I know it lived up to the hype, but how did it? I can tell you this. You know, there's like, and this is no BS. I'm not. I'm you know. I'm not trying to be dramatic. This is absolute truth, you know. Um, yes, I'm 46, but I still get excited about this stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's what makes me, that's what keeps me still drawn to it, and that's what I think keeps guys like us young, feeling young anyways, whatever. <clears throat> this is one of those shows, like, that I think about every day, still. It affected me that much. Like, the first time I saw Metallica, or when I saw Steve Vai... Um, at Kane's Ballroom, when I was going through some tough times, or, you know, um, seeing Anthrax with Vinny and Dime come up, you know, it's stuff is, is a complete metal and hard rock geek. It's stuff I think about every day, and that really affects me, and it makes me feel proud, and it makes me feel empowered, and this show was completely that scenario. I mean, I, I, I've i seen clips from their European festivals, and I know all their stuff because they're one of my favorite bands ever. But, I mean, just to see the, the level of, like, skill and passion and just, um, I mean, and, and just everything you want, every song that you would want to hear that play, everything... You know, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, I mean, but way true. more than you would expect from way more than I would yeah. expect. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I just, it, it was just completely five stars for me. Yeah. 
just hands down one of the best shows I've seen in a very, very long time. Very fulfilling, and just what I really hoped it would be from these guys. Um, so, yeah. And you don't get that a lot with dudes that are in their mid-50s and still playing clubs and I don't know, you know, I mean, I guess you do, but uh, I I was just super happy the way that show turned out. And I mean, I don't know. I think at this point I'm just repeating myself. I just, (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Well, they're, uh, I mean, a band that plays bigger, you know, obviously bigger rooms and like you said, European festivals in Europe and they play England every year. It seems like like a tour of the United Kingdom. They're big there. So it's like, for them to come back to America and do an actual tour nearly 30 years later, it's probably energizing to them. Even if it's not as big a crowd, it's still a decent crowd. You know, there's several hundred right. people in the Diamond Ballroom. Mm-hmm. And like we mentioned at the top of this, it was, there were people singing along and going nuts for every song. Yeah, exactly. New songs, deep cuts, not just, you know, the two or three songs that most people know. So it's like, right. that was very cool to see. And, and, and also... Um, you know, go to their Facebook page. They literally have recaps for, like, every stop on the tour. And every one of those venues is packed. Yeah. Are they the biggest venue? No, but they're they're packed. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just... Uh, we filled Crane at, what, 55 or whatever, and is still just an, an insane vocalist. Yeah. Hitting those high notes on Goddamn Devil. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And he did it like it was nothing. Right. Uh, it's just... It was great. It was just great. Yeah. But yeah, so speaking of Goddamn Devil, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a song you might expect to play. Right. But then there's stuff that showed up like Come Tomorrow, we mentioned, yeah. out of nowhere that wasn't Which on these other set lists. Uh, yeah, they just got called an audible on that. Yeah. They're like, you want to hear one more or two more type thing at the end, you know, and then I thought, you know, I wasn't even thinking what was going to happen. I just thought it might be another new song. And then right. it was like, one of my absolute favorite Ugly Kid Joe songs. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and um, Van Halen Prince is another one of my favorites, and they played that. They, Jesus sort of Harley. Yeah. Uh, v, well, VIP. And also, <laughs> let's say this: they 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 really they really went good on Menace to Sobriety. Yeah, which is probably my favorite Ugly Kid Joe record. Okay. And they they did. I mean, dude. But then they acted like Motel California didn't even exist. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really surprised. I know, but still. Yeah. You could have had like a, a sandwich or a bicycle <laughs> wheels or a would you like to be there thrown in, you know? Would you like to be there would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been cool. But, I mean. <laughs> or an oompa. <laughs> I, but I, I do, I really liked the uh, the opening with That Ain't Living. Yeah. That was a cool way to open the show. And his speech that he did, I mean, you know, uh, and... Uh, no big over-the-top, like, intro. Just right. walk out, say something, and yep. just start fucking yeah, playing a rock song, you know? And um, <laughs> I really like the new record. I really like that record a lot. Yeah. So, to hear that in Living and Failure, I mean... I think it, it's the best of the three that they've put out in the past decade. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, to be honest, the last record, I, I mean, it was cool, but I didn't really didn't really connect too bad, too much. 
But they played and they played a couple songs off that too, yeah. which was cool. Like uh, which kind of made me think, well, these are better than I remember, so maybe I'm the dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> like what? It's a, or I'm all right. Yeah. And uh, Devil's Paradise. Yes. But yeah, and then of course to hear, I know collect, I know mine, and I know it's up there for you as a top, probably a top three regular Kid Joe song that right. they played, Milkman Son. Oh man, I, I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> dude, I couldn't believe that that was just like such a. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know. I had this. I'm telling you, dude. I'm I'm not trying to be corny. I know. I, I just had this like full circle kind of thing, you know. Like, uh, it, it's one of those things where you feel like, man, there's this dude out there named Jason, and we know all of his favorite songs that we play, and we're going to put them all on the list. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they did damn near every one of them. It was just one of those just really special shows. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Except they didn't play Mr. Record Man. Bummed you out, huh? Well. <laughs> can't win them all, Trinity. Yeah. Can't win them all. But no, just to see him, like you said, up there after 30 plus years and just still fucking sounding perfect. Oh, man. It was. It was. I just, mean, what? It's only, what, two of them now? Or no, three, because Fortman came back. Three of them, yeah. Fortman's yeah. there. So. I don't know what. I don't know what the deal is with Cordell Crockett, because he, was, because he was on the new album. He's in the new videos. That's right. So I don't know, but whatever. Well, so technically four of them in on the yeah, album, right? So, yeah. so, who knows? But yeah. Yeah, so with all that being said, check out that new Rad Wings of Destiny. Yes. came out earlier this year. Or was it late last year? I'm losing track of fucking time now. But right. It came out in the past year, and it's great. <laughs> and I've got it on vinyl. Me, and it's, me too. And it's one of the coolest album covers of the past decade. Yes. And it's on red vinyl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so Ugly Kid Joe, if you get a chance to see him live, do not miss it. Same with Fozzie. That's, that's right. Get those albums. And speaking of albums, okay, let's start with an album that, in the same vein of what we were just talking about with Ugly Kid Joe, a band that was often, what's the right word? Ugly Kid Joe wasn't ever maligned mm-hmm. but winger is very polarizing as well right <laughs> myself and you are both on the side of we fucking love winger yeah and you know of course there's a million people out there that talk shit that you know and i'll just go on record and saying that 90 percent of those people never even fucking listen to a winger song that wasn't on the radio right right so right. right anyway we don't need to go into the whole detail about why winger's amazing you know there's four musicians in it that are fucking beyond. Yeah, exactly. Most most of their counterparts, you know, at every well, four, five, I guess. And Kip Winger is a classical music composer who's won Grammys for classical music. Yeah, who's won Grammys for God's sakes. <laughs> the fucking so, drummer is an MIT yeah, professor. He's, yeah, he's a yeah he's a percussion professor. Yeah, you know, Rip Beach is one of the greatest guitarists of a generation. I thought it was. I thought it was a. a or is it Berkeley? In Berkeley, the one in, in Boston? Or is that Juilliard? I can't remember. I thought it was one of those. I don't maybe know. Someone but, else was MIT. Maybe maybe Winger did that, Kip Winger. You never know. Because I remember he taught something at one point, too. But Yeah. But this is the first... Did you know this is the first album that every member of Winger has ever been on? No. A single song? No. Every single... I did not know that. Because, you know... This is including John Roth. Right. Well, I but, thought they know, all... And he's been on everything since Down Incognito. I mean, Down Incognito since Pool. 
Yeah. I didn't even know he went on that album, but he came at that point and has been on everything since. But Paul Taylor has not been on any of those albums until now. I did not know that. I thought he's he played was, with them live. Or no, I think yeah, he, I thought he was always there. He was there, but I think he just played didn't on some play albums. live because he kind of goes in and out. Like he is, he's shown up and like he did those shows like several years ago when it was like the 30th anniversary or whatever with them. Okay. You know, like an album were up there. But something about like the, it had never been all five of them on a single song or something until now. Wow, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, but I will tell you this though, and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. Um, you 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 sprung this recording on me last minute. Yeah. So I haven't listened to this one in a little bit. Okay. So I, I might be a little. Uh, a little rusty on it. Yeah, rusty, especially song titles, because you know how I am about song titles and certain stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I just go and let it go, and I, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, but I do know that, you know. Because, yeah, it did come out now close to two months ago. Yeah. It was the beginning of May, I think. <clears throat> I mean, Proud Desperado is amazing. But also, I mean, the whole thing just sounds just badass. Yeah. Sonically, it's just, it's impeccable. Flawless, and it's just one of those straight through all killer no filler type right, things. Where right. it just, it I just did, feels I like do, to me. I do remember that. I did get that vibe. It's just one of those ones that never kind of lets up. It feels like, even though you said proud desperado, you know, tears of blood. These songs at the beginning are amazing, mm-hmm. but it just to me feels like as it goes, it just gets stronger and stronger. Yeah, it's one of those type albums, and it, I don't know how to word this right without just kind of overblowing it, but. It's one of the top three albums of the year for me so far, I think. Maybe. Nice. nice. You know, we're going to talk about one of the other ones here in a minute. But, I, right. you know, there's... I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff that's come out, you know. Yeah. I have a list in front of me. But it's definitely at the top right now. And solid straight through. I mean, we love Better Days Coming. You know, we, oh, love, yeah. we love those stuff they've done since the first three albums. But I feel like this is the strongest album since Pool. As a whole, I think. Okay. And it get even, to me, maybe it's just because it has that kind of feel to it as well, that kind of sound. Yeah. Where, you know, I mean, they've they've went that way in the more recent stuff, but, you know, Pool was very much that way. Where it was right. like that progressive kind of hard rock, you know, a little bit heavier than you expect from the band that wrote Madeline or Head right. for Heartbreak or 17 or Miles yeah. Away, but it also... Has its ballads, but it's just more serious, I guess, if that's the right word. And uh, but this album, like this song "Tears of Blood," which is the third track, to me is, I would say, top three or four winger songs ever. Nice. Like this song is like fucking, you know, it's just I already said progressive, but to me, it just really harkens that whole, like they did with Rainbow and Rose on the second album. I see. Like that yeah. kind of you know, thing that they never really got credit for back then because they were just kind of... Yeah. They looked yeah. like that glam band. Stuart wore their shirt. They sounded like a glam band, especially on that first album, but they still had progressive tendencies back then. Right. And, like, yeah, this... Well, you know, I mean, you know, Rod Morris, he was from Dixie Dregs, so... Yeah. Sure. How can you... Yeah. And Red Beach can do anything. Yeah, Well, yeah. same with Kip Wayne. But now that, now that we're talking about this, when we're done... We're, we're going to sit here and listen to Tears of Blood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm just like, what was the, there was a couple other songs I wanted to mention, like Resurrect Me. Oh, and then the song, Stick the Knife In and Twist. 
You remember that one? By the title? I'm not sure. It's like super fucking heavy and fast and like, I mean, even says stick the knife in and twist. Just got a little more punch than a normal, you know, winger song. Just a little more attitude, I guess, yeah. is the right word. And then the final song, it all comes back around. I remember you mentioned that to me. Yes, that's I the do one. It's remember. like, yeah, which I which took me by surprise when you said that you loved him because it was like it's like eight minutes long or something, right? And it's like what you expect from a progressive type song, but it's um, it's just so epic and so like, just yeah. it starts, you know, whatever slow tempo, and yeah. then just builds up as it goes. And it's just right. an epic fucking song yeah. to finish this album out. Yeah, I really, I really need to get back on this album. I do remember um, now that now that you're jogging my memory, it all comes back around. Um, Literally, right? You remember? Yeah, it's all coming back around. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was one of those like sitting in the parking lot at like five in the morning before I go into work. Like, with my coffee, like, I don't want to go in yet. I've got a few minutes to kill. Yeah. And, like, wow, this song is just amazing. You know, sitting in the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think at the end of the year, it's going to, you know, it might not be top three, but I right. definitely think it's going to be one of my top five or six albums because mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, I've never made, hid the fact how much I love this band, even back when everybody was giving shit when yeah. we were 16, you know, but, like, and it's never changed. And just seeing them live, we've seen them live multiple times, and it's yeah. just fucking phenomenal. Yeah. This band just, I'm just so happy that, you know, because they haven't put out a lot of albums. Right. This album's called Seven, and it's their seventh album. Yeah. You know, so here we are, what? 30 some odd years later. Yeah, 35, is that right? Yeah. After the first album? Yeah. Because I think it was 88. So yeah, 35 years later, they're averaging an album every five years, so yeah. I guess it's good we... <laughs> we're still getting them, and we're getting them at this high of a level. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And maybe we'll get more now, because, you know, since White Snake seems to be slowing down, yep. Red Winding Beach down. is going to have more time on his hands. Exactly. Yeah. So since Red Beach will have more time on his hands, I'm sure Kip might step away from the classical stuff, and I'll focus more on Winger. You know, but... There you go. We'll see. Speaking of numbers, number six is the sixth Winger album. I mean, sixth extreme album. Whoa, sorry, I'm repeating things. Is that right? It's the sixth album, right? Yeah. No, it's called Six. Okay, exactly. <laughs> so after this, we're going to talk about an album called Five. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to just keep going down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so extreme. Now this one, first listen straight through, I was kind of like, did I like this or not? Right. Then now that I've listened to it a few more times, it's grown on me pretty quickly. There's still, I mean, there's still parts, it's not, I don't want to say this because I love this band. It just seems disjointed, I guess. Yeah, it does. Maybe that's the right word. It doesn't seem, I don't want to say it's not all cool enough filler. I don't think, there's not really any tracks I don't like on here. We've talked about Beautiful Girls and just stuff like that. It's kind of like amp, but it's like, I just feel like it doesn't flow right for some reason. Yeah. But that's I a good way to put totally it. totally feel like that, too. Even though there's about half this album where I'm just like, hell yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Even songs like Thicker Than Blood, which are kind of weird, they got a lot of electronic elements going on in there. Yeah. But the chorus is really cool, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's stuff that I you don't expect, but then also expect because I feel like that's a Nuno um, influence in there. The weirdness I always expect. Well, extreme has always been eclectic. Yeah, I know that, and that's the reason why. That's the other thing I was going to say is that's the reason why it didn't like completely turn me off because that's what, especially since, you know, three sides to every story and on, 
Right. They've been extremely eclectic in like their full albums, but like Three Sides of Every Story has a million different things going on, but it's very cohesive, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, are you on the same page with that, or did you feel... I definitely am. I, I mean, I, I can tell you this much. The first three songs, this is no lie, dude. The first three songs, Rise, Rebel, and Banshee, that's probably some of the best hard rock you're ever going to hear. Ever. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. So you're putting it up there with the top first three songs on any great album? I mean, it is Because I know just, we've talked about that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is just relentless. It's flawless. It's soul. It's passion. It, it just goes for the throat. goes for the jugular. And so I was just like, oh, man, yes. Let's go. Let's do this. And then, honestly, dude, kind of from there, it's just downhill for me. Right. I was like, wow, what? going on, you know, and and I don't mean, you know, I know it's extreme and they can do whatever they want and they do do whatever, whatever they want. And, and that's some of the stuff I love about them. And, it, you know, maybe this one's just not my thing. It doesn't mean anything, you know, who, who am I, to, who am I to get in the way of art, you know, just cause I'm a fan. Yeah. You know, a band's got to do what a band has to do. Spoken like a true Metallica fan. Hey, <laughs> hey. Yeah, sure. I don't <laughs> care. A, I know. A, <laughs> but Other Side of the Rainbow, I mean, I love that song. It's a mellow song, but man, that guitar solo? Yeah. Get out of the way, dude. So. That's the thing that we should mention, but we don't have to mention. It's just understood. Guitar solos on this thing are fucking insane. Yeah, it, even if it's a song that I'm not digging, that this, this is... And I told you this when Rise came out. You know, that solo yeah. in Rise. Holy shit. That, that, is, that is the guitar moment of the year. I don't care what else comes out the rest of the year. I don't care what's been out. I don't care. You know, a lot of people, you might think I'd pick some Metallica thing. Nope. Yeah. That solo is the guitar moment of the year. Yeah. You're not going to beat that. No one is going to beat that. I, I don't care if Saturani and Vi came out with a record a month from now uh, together. <laughs> You're not going to beat what Nuno's doing on here. Yeah. You're just not going to do it. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard that solo on Rise, I was like, what the fuck am I listening oh, to? Oh, I was like, yeah, I was like what's going, going on here? It just got weird. It's yeah. like so cool. I'm like, holy shit. So, and that, to me, that makes up for the stuff on the album that I don't like. Yeah. I don't like Beautiful Girls. I never want to hear that song again. <laughs> right. but that doesn't mean it sucks. It's just my taste. You know? <laughs> I will say the song, The Mask, might be my favorite song on here besides the first two songs. Right, right. Um, and Save Me has a really cool mm -hmm. chorus and a great guitar solo as well. But that's, I mean... That goes without saying because, I mean, this guy, I mean, can you name another guitarist from that genre that is on that level? I mean, right. mentioned Red Beach. There's a million great guitar. Mm -hmm. I've done a bunch of great guitarists from that era. That's probably the era that had the most probably great guitarists oh, yeah. of any genre specific, yeah. but he's on a level on his own. Yep. You know, and he just, here we are, same as Winger, what, 30, for about 35 mm -hmm. years since the first album, and... 
he just somehow keeps getting fucking better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and then, you know, let's not forget to mention Gary Sharon. Right. And how amazing his vocals are. Right. I mean, and they're, they're still amazing. They're out of this world amazing. You know, on Rebel, you know, the, the fade out thing. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Dude, come on, man. Yeah. It's just insane. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, and he's another guy. I mean, he's he's always got his due throughout the years, but I think not as much as he should, probably. Oh, you know definitely. I mean? that, guy, his... that guy with his, that voice should be a household name. Yeah. But no. I mean, he was on his way to being that whenever he joined Van Halen, but, you know, <laughs> we know how that went, even though yeah. we've talked about it, because we, oh, yeah. we had the Van Halen every album in a row several years ago, and... When you, you know, if I think anyone that talks shit about that, if they went back and listened to it now with an open mind, you're going to feel different about it. Right. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And I mean, you've even mentioned it more recently, you know, that I think you listened a few months ago, you said you listened to it. And yeah. It's just one of those albums that. Yeah. I, I love that album. I don't, I don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, I guess the verdict is still out on Winger Six. I keep saying Winger Extreme Six. Um, <laughs> It's good, but I wouldn't call it amazing. Yeah. Outside of, there's amazing points in it, but I wouldn't I call know. it an entire, like, entirely amazing album. Right, right. Finish, you know, but, but, yeah. So, but I would stay, check it out if you're at all a fan of Extreme or just a fan of, like, great guitar work or yes. just great rock and roll, you know? Well, what's the segue here? Speaking of great rock and roll, the greatest rock and roll band of the past decade just put out a new album. Yes, they did. I already know what you're, yeah. you're going to say. <laughs> and this might be after one listen, the greatest album of 2023. Maybe I need to go back and look at what else has come out before I make that statement, but I mean, I don't know what the fuck this band, you know, if they're like they went to some fucking found some dude that lives in a fucking basement in Virginia and put him in a fucking time travel thing and sent him to the future and they got all injected with some kind of shit that makes them <laughs> write the greatest rock songs of all time. Okay, now I don't know what okay. you're talking about. Rival Sons. Okay, good. <laughs> but it's like every, you know, every album they put out is, if not the best album that year, it's one of the best albums mm-hmm. that year. I mean, last last album they had out, you know, was our number one album of the year, Feral yeah. Roots. Oh, man. And while I would say I like Feral Roots slightly better. Me too. This one is fucking phenomenal. Oh, still. man, this, this, this is great. This it's only eight great. songs, but it's eight fucking fantastic songs. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's just like, and it's 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 weird for me. Like, when a band has a an album that hits such a chord with you, like Feral Roots did, or you know, whatever band that you love with a great album, whatever, you you sit there after you've listened to that new record, and you're like, man, what well, what can these guys possibly do next? Yeah, they can't. What, what can they do? They can't equal this. And then, I don't know, a few years later, they come out with something that blows your mind away again. It's like, holy crap, they yeah. they they did equal this. Yeah. And this is just another, you know. Yeah, it's the same way I'd feel about Fate and the War albums or the right. first five or six Tesla albums or, you know, Anthrax most albums. It's like, I think, they're not going to match what they just did and then somehow they do, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, and, and, and I know it was the first single, but I don't care. Nobody Wants to Die is just, I mean, dude, get out of the way. One of the best songs of the year. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's one of the best songs they've ever done. 
I Which mean, is saying a lot. Yeah. The the minute I heard that, I'm like, oh, oh yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. But then even stuff like Bird in the Hand and Rapture, which is yeah. more slower tempo, more what's the right word? Ethereal? Ethereal? Is that the right word? Is that ethereal. Word? Ethereal. Maybe that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, I don't. But you know, it's. I mean, they're so. This is a band that's so good at fucking. You know those slow, yes. You know ballady type songs as well as the stuff like I said. Nobody wants to die. Yep. And everything in between. And this album just like never lets up. And like that song, uh, "Horse's Breath." Right. You know. It's, I mean, I don't know what to say. You that, know, I was about to mention that one too. So. Yeah. Just like gushing about this thing. I literally this. You know, I listened to it a few times when it came out. It's when did it come out? It came out June second. So it's right. been almost a month. And then I listened to it like four times in a row the other day. You know, while I was working, like, while I was driving. Right. So, like, it's, we've said it every time I've talked about them that I feel like they're going to be one of those bands that 30, 40 years from now, people talk about the way they talk about Aerosmith yeah. or The Who. I hope so. You know, I hope so. Or Led Zeppelin. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to be as legendary as Led Zeppelin or The Who. I just feel like they're going to be those bands that, like, you know, holy shit, you saw Rival Sons at the pair, you know? Yeah, you know, they're fucking playing <laughs> Wembley tomorrow, you know, right, it's like, right. that kind of thing. So, you know, the next, one of the next, you know, generation's headliners type deals. Exactly. If not, they'll just be one of those consistent bands that are around, yeah. you know, forever. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. So, what else were we going to talk about? Rancid? So, Rancid, Tomorrow Never Comes, came yes. out, actually the same day as Rival Sons, it came out June 2nd. Mm-hmm. Much like Rival Sons, these guys don't put out subpar music at no. any point. No, there's and nothing this band ever does that can that, that is bad ever. Right. And if you are the type of person that thinks that any that something that this band does is not good, I don't want to know you. Yeah, I I've, I've said something like that before. I'm like, if if you don't like Rancid, or if you literally say I hate Rancid, yeah, I don't know that I can. Trust you as a human being. Yeah, I don't think. I yeah. mean, it's like this ain't gonna work. I'm just not trying to be, you know, you know, funny, huh? I'm like seriously. Yeah, like, this is. How yeah. do you listen to a fucking rancid song and not just be happy? You yeah, know, it's like, <laughs> I know people yeah. could say that about fucking, you know, Taylor Swift or fucking, you know, right. Miranda Lambert or fucking mm-hmm. Blue October, some bullshit I don't like. But it's like, right. there's a difference. This is fucking, you know, just fun, great rock and roll that just yeah. like. Is both punk and uplifting and everything exactly. in between. It's like, and never lets up. And here we are, fucking, just like everything else we've talked about, thirty plus years 30 later. Thirty plus years later, and they're still yeah. like, I, if you if you can't like, if you can't um, feel joy from Bova Rock and Roll or yeah. Leicester Square, then I need you to leave. Leave yeah. now. Yeah. So if salvation comes on and you're not singing along, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> prune candy. <laughs> you don't like big red, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but tomorrow never comes is the name of the new album, and the first track is the title track, and this is a fucking quote unquote banger, or as right. you might say, a ball squasher. Yes, it is. It is. It really is um, more so than normal for them. Yeah, because. Uh, in like what you know, you and I have talked about 
And what I've read, you know, this kind of harkens back to the uh, the self-titled 2000 record. Okay, yeah. It's just, you know, balls to the wall, bam, 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 punk. You know, every, every, you know, you'll get something that's more melodic or, you know, something that's got a little sky in it or something in their previous albums. But this is just like, you know, just all the way through, you know, uh, just pounding the cement all the way. Yeah. So. And it's 29 minutes long. Right. And it's 16 tracks. I love it. That's less than yeah. two minutes a song on yeah. average. It's like. The one song's like a minute and 12 seconds or yeah. something. That's great. Because there's several songs that are three yeah. and a half minutes long, so it's like yeah. you've got tons of songs that are a minute plus, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like you might ha- they might make a song that is like a minute and a half long, but they put everything in there they need to. A verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus. And yeah. It, it's, you know. And it doesn't feel like some, some song, when bands do songs that are like a minute and 12 seconds long, mm-hmm. you're just like, what the fuck? You know, it's like. Right. You know, what just happened, or like, <laughs> whatever, yeah. but with Rancid, it's like you just said, it's like, it's cohesive, and it feels like you just listen to three minutes worth of music, because yeah. it's so fucking good, you know? Right. It's like when you go to a show, and you know every damn song exactly. at the concert, it just, if it's two hours or 45 minutes, but it doesn't feel that way off, because you're yeah. just totally into it, that's the same way these guys, guys are with short songs, and it's, but, yeah, that's jumped out to me, that it, it has more aggression than the recent stuff. Like you said, it harkens back to yeah. 20 plus years ago, but yeah. the funny thing is, I think that's why it kind of grabbed me more than the recent stuff. I know you said you were, you liked the last couple of more and I love them, but I feel like this one just kind of grabbed me instantly more right. and maybe that was why. Yeah. But then the, the two songs that jumped out to me the most after Tomorrow Never Comes are Devil in Disguise and Drop Dead End. And okay. both those songs are very, especially Drop Dead End, both those songs are very much what they've been doing over the past 10, yeah. 15 years. Right. You know, but, yeah. you know, because that's what they perfected, you know, but it's like the stuff that's just got more attitude to it, you know, is really just, I don't know, kind of, I didn't need my love for Rancid to be re, reinvigorated because exactly. I've always loved them and I listen to them all the time. Yeah. But just something about this has done that. Right. You know? Well, um, for me, other than you know the, the you know the title track, I, I really like the bloody and violent history. Yeah, and don't make me do it. Okay, those those really those really kind of got me, especially bloody and violent history. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's a so, good one. Yeah, one way ticket is another good one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean you've got sixteen songs to pick from here, and. I, I would say it's all killer, no filler. Oh yeah. I mean, most oh most definitely all, all this rancid albums are. You know, it's like yeah. So yeah, if you don't, if you want a rancid record, I can't talk. If you want a rancid record that doesn't let up, this is this is it. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely, and I'm hoping that, hoping and praying, I'm going to get to see these guys live again someday. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's been what since now since right. Summer Ride Fest in 2015. They don't count with that. Well, they haven't been to Oklahoma in forever. Yeah, it's it's going to be a thing where you got to go to Texas or something. So yeah, yeah. Because didn't they? Well, they did that tour with Dropkick a couple years a few years ago. Yeah, right? the Boston Berkeley, but that didn't come here, did it? No, or it came we nearby. we had tickets, but the whole COVID thing. I think. Oh, okay. So, so that was around that time. Yeah. All right. 
But yeah, absolutely killer stuff from Rancid. And then we've got the brand new album from the Foo Fighters. Here we go. Which came out, um, I would say, about the same time. Let me pull this. Yeah, exact same day as well. June 2nd. Yeah, yeah that was the day where a lot of good stuff came out, man. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. And again, kind of like I said about Winger, Arrival Sons. I don't want to overblow this, but this is my favorite Foo Fighters album in 20 years, probably. Really? I mean, since the first few. I yeah. I mean, I like everything. You know, it's like, but Foo Fighters is one of those bands that sometimes, like an album like Wasting Light is great, but mm-hmm. I never go back and listen to it in its entirety. There's like three or four songs I listen to out there, just throw I it see. all in a playlist or something. Yeah. You know, and um, Sonic Highways, I really loved. I love the same way. I just go back and listen to three or four of the songs on occasion. Yeah. Foo Fighters have never really been one of those bands where I'm just like, I'm going to listen to this album straight through. I might just put them on shuffle or something. Right. But something about, but here we are, I'm just like, I keep listening to this thing over and over. You know, straight through. Every fucking song. And it's just all killer, no filler. I I think that, you know, before, before I. I heard this record, and a lot of it made me feel like the first few records. Yeah. And then what, the funny part about that was, is I read a blurb where the producer, Greg Kirsten, wanted them to channel the naivety of the first couple records. Okay. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So and, it worked. Know, it worked. If you heard that. I, I felt that. Um, and... That's that's when you know your art is connecting or doing what you want it to do, and um, and it, it's a very somber. It's a somber record, of course. It's very fitting uh, tribute to Taylor Hawkins, and even in the artwork, like I was just showing you, you know, it's all white. You know, even the prints white. You can hold it under the light all you want. It's still hard to read. Yeah. And I think that was probably what they wanted. I think that was like kind of the artistic message they wanted to give. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But, it's, yeah, you could say, I mean, looking at the title tracks off the top of my head, I mean, I, I don't, there's probably one or two, but I feel like every song on here almost is about either Taylor or his mother. Yep. Yep. Every, at least every single one of them has that feel. You, you can it's take true. anything you want from any song, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing yeah. about music, because we all hear different things exactly. when we hear words, but it's like, knowing what's happened in his life over the last couple of years, it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like this entire thing is about those two people, yeah. you know. And, and, and I think that, um, I think Rescued is just one of the best songs. That they've ever done. That they've ever done, ever. And, and I of think, the best songs of this year. And uh, yeah, it is, absolutely. And I think that'll be in their live set from here until eternity. Yeah, as it um, should be. Yes. Uh, I love The Glass. That's a great song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Um, but Here We Are, I think, is awesome. But Here We Are is... That song, to me, harkened back to what you were talking about the most, I think. It's got that right. grunginess. Yes, yeah. Very much, because to me, this album... To me, it kind of encompasses a lot of their stuff throughout mm-hmm. the years. Because yeah. you hear, like, Rescue and Under You, to me, feel like the stuff they've been doing since then. Like, the past yeah. 15, 20 years. It, it but isn't, this stuff, like, Here We Are and Hearing Voices harken back to yeah. 
The early is, days. Is it Show Me How, the one with his daughter on it, too? Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. That is just... That is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And and I have to tell you, um, all these all these songs, you know, it, we've all been through it. We've all lost somebody that is close to us. We've all been there, dude. And every one of these songs, you feel that. Like, yep, I, I get that. Oh, I totally get that. Oh, I know where he's coming from on that one. Yeah. So it's just, it's such a cathartic record. Um, and of course, leave it to Dave Grohl to be the one to like, you know, facilitate that for all of us. Right. And, and, and you know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's like, you, you talk about these guys, oh, they're millionaires, whatever, and they're fucking gold-plated swimming pools in their cars. And, you know, yeah, that's that's the side of it. But this is what they do. They, their skill is connecting with people. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, and, and he's always been a master at that. Yes. Whether it's and that's something in the music that, or outside of the music. And it's something that's not taught. It's something that's just born in you. Yeah. I think that if he was, you know, a thousand there and you know, cleaned uh, bathrooms for a living, that guy would still be connecting with the people on some kind of level. Yeah. Because it's just in him. Yeah. So, there you go. But, yeah, I mean, that's something I don't think about a lot, but he's always been great about lyric-wise. Right. Just kind of, like, these days, for instance. You know, it's like, there's oh, songs yeah. like that that just, like, fucking hit you, you know, and you can hear it in his voice, you know, when he's singing it. It's not yep. just like, here's some words, let's sing him. It's like, it's pure emotion. Yeah. You know, for fucking it, it, 20, it, 27 years now. Maybe this 28 is, years. Yeah, maybe this is just my, like, music dorkness, you know, overtaking it. But, like, I don't care. I don't care that they're one of the biggest bands. They are literally one of the best rock and roll bands to ever exist. They really are. Yeah. And they're one of my favorites, and they're one of the best. And I, I think sometimes there's that stigma of, oh, well, they're so popular, you know, whatever. Yeah. But no, they, this is, they deserve every bit of it, and they they did it their way, and people come to them. They don't come to people, you know, so that's... And their live show is always phenomenal. That's amazing. And they connect, they just do what more bands at that level should do. You know, right. it's like they're, I'm not saying they, other bands need to bring people on stage like they do, but I'm just saying like, just the whole, it's like going to a Foo Fighters concert, it's like going to an event. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, totally. if you've never seen them, I feel like you would be blown away. Yeah. You know, unless totally. you just hate their music for some weird ass right. reason. You know, it's like, and we, you know, when we talked about Taylor Hawkins on that, you know, tribute episode, it's like, that's obvious as well that like, here's a guy that, you know, a drummer in a band that has a mega rock star as the fucking front man mm -hmm. and pretty much became almost as big a rock star on his own. Absolutely. I mean, that's not that common. Yeah. You know, since the days of like, you know, Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, yeah. you know, bands don't do that. There might be yeah. a band with like, you know, like Nickelback or someone that has like one guy that everybody knows, mm -hmm. you know. Now, Foo Fighters, you know, yeah. kind of flipped that on their head and made themselves like yeah. that band of this era, you know. And this album is it. And the teacher, I want to mention that. Right. It's like 10 minutes long. Right. 
It's crazy. But it's fucking amazing. And they played it for the first time live when they were uh, in Rogers, Arkansas. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I, I believe it was Rogers. Yeah, it was right around here. I think it was the Rogers show. Yeah, and they just did a surprise show. Did you see that? At Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day. I forgot what the yeah, name turns was. Turns or something like that. Or the, the turnips or something. The turnips. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, I think, is going to be on the top list of a lot of people. That, right, right. That are making rock. Let me. Here. Before we. I'm going through my list of 2023 albums. That's a good point. Cause before I, we. I mean, we could go on all night and I don't yeah. want to. Oh, <laughs> that sounds bad. I see how it is. No, no, you know what I mean. But there was, uh, there's one or two. Well, there's I an album that came out in April called Seventy Two Seasons. Yes, well, that I've never talked about on this podcast. Me neither. Do you want to talk about it right now, uh, dude? Because that might take thirty minutes of your time. Yeah, maybe that's another episode, <laughs> okay. dude. But and the funny thing is, it's like I've listened to it several times. I know I haven't listened to it as much as you have, but it's like. Right. I feel like I should listen to it again straight through before I try to comment on it because I've listened to these albums we just talked about more recently than I have. Here's here's an idea. Here's something. How about what you're leaving Friday? Yeah. Where are you going? Florida. I'm nosy for what? Uh, Fourth of July event in Orlando, and then I'm hanging out with. Oh, so it's not a gig. Well, yeah, the event. I'm working this event. Oh, okay. And then after that, I'll be down there hanging out. Okay. Anyways. Well, I'm just being nosy, but how about how about this? When you're back next, let's do an let's do an episode where we burn down the new Metallica record. Okay, just, like kinda, fully, like track just, by track style you thing. Just kind of get into it, yeah. Like we haven't done like a track by track thing in a long time yeah. or anything. But you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. But I will say real quick because I know that you and I think Kevin Graham said the same thing that you. Like this album a lot better than Hardwired. Yes, and, I do. You know, probably better than everything since the Black Album, maybe. But like, right. I'm still I like Hardwired better than this album. And then, and then and that's, that's where okay. That's, that's, that's where I stand right that's now. Where, that's where we can discuss. But know? yeah, I mean, like I said, I've listened to it straight through multiple times, but it's always been while I'm driving, or I haven't sat down and like listened to it on the headphones while I'm doing nothing else. But I. You know, I've listened to it enough to be able to make that statement. Yeah. I feel like just hardwired, just, I mean, there's a few songs on there I don't really go back to, but as a whole, that album just struck me yeah, yeah. way yeah. more than any Metallica oh, album since the Blackout, you know? That. But, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. I knew that there's a there's albums. Did you see anything when you were skimming through there? Night Demon. What a great record. Oh, yeah. What a great record. Speaking um, of, I got the episode with Jarvis. That's right. That's coming right. Out right um, after this, yeah. So. Um, I think that Screamer record's great. Oh yeah, that came out in January. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Night Demon, we saw Haunt with them. That's a great record, and that's a. I think I mentioned this to you. That might be overall like as an overall album, my favorite Haunt album. Oh yeah. Well, also after since we're talking about that vibe. So, Blind Oath, Tulsa, Thrash, love them, you love them. You need to get them on the podcast. I know. It's <laughs> crazy that that hasn't happened yet. So, so, like a few weeks ago, um, my cousins are, well, yeah, my cousins are in from out of town. Right. So, me and my brother and 
JP, who's been on this podcast before. Yeah. My cousin that lives here. And Melissa, we met Sherry and Josh, our cousin in California. Like, oh, yeah, let's go to the Max and have some drinks. So the the dude that's working at the Max is really familiar. I'm like, what? What's going on? And so then, like, I'm looking at, like, I'm flipping through social media and stuff. That was the bass player for Blind Oath. Oh, really? It was our bartender. Oh, okay. And he put up with my brother being kind of, you know, the goofy, redneckish kind of guy that he is. And he was, <laughs> like, pretty diplomatic about it. So I just want to give a shout out to that dude. Right. <laughs> I didn't know, totally didn't know that that was you and Blind Oath, but we love Blind Oath here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of, on Blind Oath, um, I be- like I said, next, I believe I'm going to put this one out right after the Dime Store Ride episode and then yeah. put Jarvis out after that. But on the Jarvis episode, towards the end, you know, we're just talking about newer stuff. I think I asked him if there was anything new that came out, like metal-wise, that he was digging. And he listed a few bands, and I think he's like, oh, yeah, Blind Oath. And then... Telling you, dude. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you guys have played some shows with him, and I know that, you know, of course, Armand's worked with him in the studio and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I love those guys, you know, and of course... And I just forgot until I mentioned it, that, yeah, you know, Mitchell from Blind Oath is the first one to bring him to Tulsa. Right, you right. Because he brought him to Sound Pony, yep. or booked him there a couple times, and then course from there the vanguard and they just each time and i think you know jarvis talked about that when we were talking about you know obviously tulsa came up because he was talking to me but he's like you know each time they played here they've kind of moved up a little bit you know they played the canes most recently so yeah there you go yeah also i want to mention um before we push stop a band i got turned on to recently in a completely random way is a band called the L.A. Maybe. Maybe? L.A. Maybe? The L.A. Maybe. This band fucking rules. They're like a uh, Dirty Honey with just a little bit more of an edge. Oh, wow. Like, and I know I told you and Kevin about them. I don't know if you heard them. I haven't. I don't remember you talking about them. You did. I, I, th- I, th- I th- read it and That I group text. Yeah. But, I mean, so, I gotta tell you. <laughs> Uh, Melissa and I are hanging out in the patio, and just something in her feed, some article comes up. Um, I can't even remember what website it was. Ranker.com or Rieger.com, whatever the fuck, I don't know. Some, some random. It was like the top 25 bands of, you know, 2023 or whatever. New rock bands. Yeah. And Thunder Mother was one of them, and like... You know, Thunder Mother, not the gems. Yeah, because I looked at it. it I, she sent it to me, and it was a few months old. Oh, so it was God. like it was right before the whole Thunder Mother implosion. Oh, okay. And you know, and it had Joyce Wolf. That sounds like a good uh, movie title, right? Thunder, Thunder implosion. And they had Joyce Wolf on there. See, yeah. So it was a little dated. Okay, but they had this. Um, it had this band called the L.A. Maybe, and it was like, for fans of Guns N' Roses and Van Halen, I'm like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I had dialed it up, and oh my god, dude, this band rules. Are they new? They have a one album out? Or yeah, I think they, they have like one record out, okay. and they've maybe been around since like 2020 or 2021. Um, 
when we push play, I'm going to play some of them for you. Okay. It, I mean, you will love it. It, it is, it's, dude. I'm telling you, this is some great catchy stuff. The L.A. Maybe. If you are listening to this right now, go check them out. They are great. Hell yeah. And I don't know if they tour. I don't know how big they are. I don't know where they've been. All I know is that stupid article I read, and <laughs> I I love this band. And the article did its job. Right. <laughs> and I looked them up in their website, and they have like a shirt that says, The L.A. Maybe. I'm not a gynecologist, but I'll take a look. <laughs> okay. So they're... So, totally classy, right? So, it's one of those guys, yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, right on. Anything else to mention? I think that's it. Yeah. I did have something I was going to mention at the end that was humorous, but I already forgot what it was, so I guess it wasn't that humorous. Also, <laughs> oh yeah, I want to say this, that that's on tape, you know? Sure, I haven't done this in a while, you know, but I do want to say that if you do somehow get... Somebody from the L.A. Maybe on the podcast. I want to be there. Okay. (laughs) And also, yeah, that was also the deal with what? The New Roses. Oh, right. And James Hetfield. Or Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if I get uh, anyone from Anthrax on, though, I'm never going to tell you. That's fine. Uh, I understand. I understand. I was joking. (laughs) I did what I did. (laughs) Unless it's Paul Crow. Right, shit to talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, glad to have you. It's actually, it's funny. Like, it feels like it's been a bit, but this is like what two episodes since the last time you're on, right? <laughs> because well, hey, there's such a gap. There's like been a month and a half. Yeah. Thanks, episodes. thanks for having me back. Yeah, appreciate it. So, if you hadn't heard the Leonard Skinner Gary Rossington tribute, that's the last time Jason was on. Right. Now it was like two episodes ago, even though it was in late April. So, <laughs> yeah, check that out as well. But yeah. Glad to have you back, and we'll be doing it again soon with Metallica. There you go. Big thanks to Jason for making his way back on here. Like I've mentioned on the episode, other episodes he's been on, you know, he's come back now several times. He, you know, of course, was the co-host and the co-founder of this podcast for over six years, and he stepped away in 2021. He's come back for a few episodes. We did a Taylor Hawkins tribute. We did a Gary Rossington tribute. We did a reaction of the Megadeth live stream from Budokan with Marty Friedman earlier this year. I know there's a couple other things, and for some reason it's slipping my mind right now, but I believe he's been back like four or five times, so this is the fifth or sixth time. So yeah, it's always great to have Jason return, and as you heard there at the end, you know, we're going to try to do it again here very soon in the next month or so. Kind of do a rundown on Metallica's new album, 72 Seasons. It's now been out, by the time you're hearing this, almost three months, because it was mid-April, and here we are in early July. And it's something I talked about the first couple singles when they came out, but I've never talked about the album in its entirety. Of course, it makes much more sense when I do that to have Jason back on to do it, because that is his all-time favorite band, and he can delve a little deeper than I can on some of that stuff. So looking forward to that one coming up here in the near future. Check out those other episodes I mentioned. Check out past episodes. Just last week we had on Dime Store Riot, brand new band out of Tulsa that features members of Fist of Rage and former members of Driver and Grind. Had on Phil Lewis of LA Guns recently. Hey, I mentioned the the bands that are playing 
the roadhouse stage of Rocklahoma earlier. Kicks, Buck Cherry, Warrant, L.A. Guns, all those bands have had members on this podcast. All of them have had multiple members on this podcast except for Buck Cherry. Josh Todd was on here last year, and there's other, you know, bands playing Rocklahoma on the main and side stage that have been on here as well. There's also been members of Megadeth, Deep Purple, Kiss, Warrant, Tesla, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. I don't need to say who am I forgetting. I'm forgetting 300 plus episodes when I'm not mentioning that. Let's see here. Hellstorm, Shinedown, Buck Cherry, already mentioned that. Corrosion Conformity, White Zombie, Helmet, Prong, Typo Negative. Death Angel, Toxic Holocaust, if you like your thrash, Prong, I mentioned Prong, I think, Avatar, Seven Dust, the list is very, very long, my friends, 378 episodes prior to this, Queensryche, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, Michael Monroe of Hanway Rocks, man, the list is great and long. Wherever you listen to podcasts, follow, like, or subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Wherever you're listening right now, follow, like, or subscribe. You can also listen directly from the website, thethunderunderground.com. You can just Google Thunder Underground. The Aussie song will probably come up first, but right after that, you will see this podcast, and you can listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are at Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, all that great stuff. Follow us on all the socials. You can find them right there on the website. Thunder Underground is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I guess that covers it for another episode. Like I said, next week, Jarvis Leatherby of Night Demon will be returning to this podcast. I've also got a couple things scheduled that I scheduled that I will let you know about as soon as they happen. All right, once again, thank you to Jason for making his return to talk about some new music there. And of course, a big thank you to Med Farm, Sunset Tattoo, and DEB Concerts. And until next time, Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.